Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, September 20th, 2021. Well, how are you doing this Monday morning? New week, who knows what's going on in your life? And honestly, I don't know how you are doing this morning, but I have good news for you. And that good news is this, salvation is coming. Salvation is coming. Now you might ask me, well, what do you mean? What do you mean by that, Ben? What, what do you mean that salvation is, is coming? Well, today, I don't exactly know. I, I'm More specifically, I don't know the specifics of it. I don't know how you're going to see salvation this week or today or whatever that might look like. But what I do know is we serve a God who saves. And I'm not just speaking of salvation in the in the grand sense of salvation from our sins and our talking about our eternal destiny, but our God is a God of salvation. He is a God of deliverance. And you can expect that you will see God and you will see that character this week. Let's start by ending our time reading through Psalm 107. Psalm 107, we've been reading through this for several days now, and it's all these kind of little vignettes of salvation. People in a storm on the sea, people lost in the desert, people in prison, and God brings salvation to them. And yes, these are all pictures in many ways of uh, salvation in the grand sense, in the broad scheme of the word, but they are also just ways that we see God deliver in everyday life. Let's look, starting in verse 33, it says, He turns rivers into a desert and springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low, through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. So that's what I want to invite you to do today is to consider the steadfast love of the Lord. And even as you do that, just see it it really talks about the character of God that he raises up the needy out of affliction. And if you feel needy this morning, if you feel like you are enduring affliction this morning, well then God's got good news for you. Salvation is coming. And that's where I don't have the specifics. I don't know what that's going to look like in your life this week. And even sometimes it doesn't always come as soon as we would like, or it doesn't come on our timetable. I mean, here we clearly see that these people that God delivers, they went through oppression, evil, and sorrow. So yes, there might be oppression, evil, and sorrow in your life 
this week, and you might not see the salvation come in the way you expect or the way that you want. But what we want to do is consider our God is a God of salvation. And I love what it says there in that last verse, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. That when we start to get too down, and basically when we start to doubt God, and really we begin to doubt the goodness of God, then what we are doing is we are being foolish. Because the wise are going to remember that our God saves and we will wait for him. We will trust in him, right? And notice how often we've seen those concepts in Psalms, trusting in the Lord and waiting on the Lord. We wait on the Lord in the midst of sorrow, but we trust that he is a God who saves. And we expect that and we maintain that mindset. And even our hope ultimately is that God will save us in the ultimate sense, and bring us into his kingdom where there will be no more sorrow, oppression, and evil. Uh, Because eventually you're going to reach a trial that is going to be your last, and someday you will die. But God will deliver you even from death. So what is your attitude going into this week? Are you dreading all that's coming? Are you mourning some oppression in your life? My encouragement to you would be remember God. Remember who he is, or as it says here, consider the steadfast love of the Lord and let wisdom guide you into a place where you are waiting on God and expecting his salvation. Now, we think of this salvation and we can trust God is a God who saves um, because he has saved and he will save. And we're going to get a sense of both of that in the book of Isaiah today, as we look today at Isaiah 9 through 12. And as we look at these and you start in chapter 9, you are going to um, read some verses that are going to make you start thinking a couple months into the future. And you're probably going to want to put on a sweater, uh, grab a cup of hot chocolate, turn on some Christmas carols because they're verses you think of at Christmas time. And that starts in Isaiah 9, 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so as we read those verses, obviously those are familiar, but even those verses really give us a sense of what has come and what is to be. And kind of the biggest ways of God's salvation. One, we remember a child was born. A son was given. Jesus Christ took on flesh. And he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. And because of the incarnation and the life that he would go on to live and the death that he would die and the resurrection that he would experience, we can be saved. It's all dependent on that son that was born, that child. Jesus Christ. But we have yet to see the day when truly he will reign on this earth. We know he is seated at the right hand of the Father in glory and in authority, but scripture makes clear he's returning to this earth and he will reign on this earth. And his kingdom is going to be good. 
So I hope that's another thought that encourages you today. That even though you might look around the world and see all kinds of trouble, and even you might see governments that you might wish would decrease in this world, well, someday his government will increase and he will reign. And and that is the day that we are waiting for. That is the day that we can hope for. And that day is described more in chapter 11. You might have the heading, the, the righteous reign of the branch. And it says, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. Well, who is Jesse? Well, that was the father of David. So from Jesse came David, and from David ultimately comes Jesus Christ. And it describes the kingdom that he's going to have. In verse 6, it says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the young and the leopard shall lay down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. Right? This this place where all that has gone wrong will be made right. And it will be a glorious day. And I love how it ends there in verse 9, this description, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's going to be the day of Jesus Christ. The whole earth is going to be full of the knowledge of the Lord. And that kind of gives way to chapter 12 and what we see There, you will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song and has become my salvation. And so trust me, people, salvation is coming. And I believe we will see that in our lives many times as we wait on the Lord. But also, I know that we will see that in the ultimate sense as we wait for the return of Christ and the day when He will reign on this earth. And oh, what a day of salvation that will be. But in the meantime, life can be very, very difficult. And we're all going to struggle in this life. And in fact, Scripture tells us that we all need to watch out for our hearts And that instead of trusting God's goodness and waiting for his salvation, our hearts are all going to be tempted by the deceitfulness of sin. And that's where I want to remind you that we need each other. And we're going to see that in Hebrews chapter 3. As today we look at verses 7 through 19. Hebrews 3, 7 through 19. And I want to highlight especially a small portion here in chapter 3 that reminds us of our need for each other. Starting in verse 12, it says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so there we see that encouragement that every day we need to be exhorting one another. We need to be encouraging one another because every day our hearts are wanting to listen to that deceitfulness of sin. That sin is lying to us. Sin is saying salvation isn't coming. Sin is saying God isn't really good. Sin is saying, did God really say that? Sin is saying, oh, just a little won't hurt. Sin is coming at us with lie after lie after lie. And that's where we need to speak the truth in love to one another. So my question is pretty simple. Who are you going to exhort today? 
Who are you going to encourage today? Because if you don't reach out to somebody to encourage them today, how are you obeying this passage? And maybe that someone even is somebody that you live with, someone in your home, or now we have the advantage of text messages and phone calls that we can reach out to somebody and encourage them. Encourage somebody today because we need it. Finally, let's wrap up in Luke. Luke chapter 20, verses 27 through 47. And here we're reminded of the resurrection. We see this question that I like to call uh, seven brothers for a bride uh, that they ask because they don't believe in a resurrection. And Jesus, he really comes back to you should believe in the resurrection. And because you don't believe in the resurrection, you're showing that you don't believe the scriptures because the scriptures say that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not that he was. And then the resurrection is important. And so we can put our hopes on a resurrection that we will be raised from the dead if our faith is in Christ and we will live forever with him. And then even the, the question that Christ then asks to them after they've failed in all their attempts to stump Jesus, when he says, how can they say that the Christ is David's son? For David himself says in the book of Psalms, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And so there, even in that verse, we were reminded that all Christ's enemies are going to be made into his footstool and he will reign. And that is good news. And I hope that encourages you this Monday morning to know salvation is coming. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.